Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Well, turn to somebody today, give an air hug or an air high five, whatever it is you're doing, uh, and let them know how glad you are to see them here today. Uh, oh, I tell you what, I, I can't begin to express the blessing it is to preach to people in a room. Uh, I can't even begin to tell you how awkward it is to preach to an empty room. Uh, and with the same enthusiasm and the same life you want to give. So just to see, well, some of you, I can see your face. Others of you, I can't. I see half of your face. But just to see you here uh, means the world to us. And uh, we just can't wait to see what God's going to do uh, in this season of the church. I, I honestly believe that for not just the church world, but for our church, we are entering into our finest hour our finest hour as a church. And uh, I, I just believe we were brought into the kingdom of God for such a time as this. Um, and how many of you know you can't choose the circumstances you face in life? A lot of times you can't choose them, but God chose you for them. Amen. He told Esther, you were brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. And when we look at the world, there are certain circumstances that you can't choose. But God chose you for them. And I want to encourage you, and you watching online as well, I, I want to encourage you to know you were born for this time. You were born for this hour. And God needs us to be his hands and feet and his voice in the earth like never before. You know, when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see phrases like this. And all of this happened so that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah or Ezekiel. And when we read the New Testament, we see the mighty hand of God at work. And it says this happened not just because God wanted to stretch forth his mighty hand. This happened that it might be fulfilled of what a man and a woman spoke out. And for so long, you know, at the start of quarantine, we were stating that we can't be like the children of Israel where we just have a Goliath mock us, where we just watch it come in day and night and mock us and mock the kingdom of God. That somebody has to be a David and raise up and speak to that Goliath. Somebody has to be a David and raise up with the power of God and say, no, and we don't come against you with all these things in the natural. We come against you in the name of the Lord God of hosts, the name of Jesus. And we know that out of that, David won a victory, not just for himself, but this is what I want to get at, and this is not my message. This is just the precursor before the message. That David won a victory for the whole nation. Now, we're Christians, most of us in here. If you're not a Christian, glad you're here today. We aim to fix that by the end of the service. But for those of us who are Christians, we are the salt of the earth. Now, we're not familiar with that because we have refrigeration uh, in our society. Aren't you thankful for refrigeration? 
I'll tell you what, uh, I've been to some third world countries before where there was no refrigeration and saw how they had to salt their, their meats and their products, and I come back, open up my fridge, and just smile every time. I'm thankful for refrigeration. But when you want to preserve something, you keep it in the refrigerator. In Jesus' time, there was no refrigerator. There was no electricity. So to preserve something, they had to salt it. And that salt would preserve it. It is our job to preserve this world. That until Jesus comes back, we will occupy until he comes. Which means we will pray as Christians more than we watch the news. Come on, somebody. Uh, that, that we will pray more than we scroll through social media. And I'm not saying news or social media are bad. But I'm saying as Christians, if you're not doing it, who is? We are the salt of the earth. And I want to encourage you and everyone watching, I want to encourage us to take that upon ourselves and to realize that we need to do all these things in the natural and all of these natural things, they need to be changed and they need to be fixed. Like we need to do all these things in the natural, but we as Christians need to do the only thing that, we, that the world can't do is lift up our voices and pray to our amazing God and say, Father, you said in your word that if we would humble ourselves and pray and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways, you would heal our land. And I want to encourage you to do that, to lift up your voice, be the salt of the earth. Uh, I saw this news uh, article uh, come up. My wife actually showed it to me. And I'm like, no, it couldn't be. And sure enough, it was. There was a man who just got off a 75-day silent retreat. Uh, so with this, he didn't talk for 75 days, nor did he put himself in uh, connection with anyone for 75 days. So for 75 days, he was completely off the grid. So, like, hadn't seen any news, no social media, hadn't talked to anyone, no one talked to him, 75 days. At the end of 75 days, he comes back in and gets back on the grid, if you will. His first question on social media was, what did I miss? Now you can imagine the range of responses he got from that. I, I don't know of a, a crazier 75 days that I have personally lived than over the past 75 days. Like, it has been absolutely otherworldly. And I mean it when I say, like, I, I believe it is time for the church to have revival. I, I believe as a church it's time for us to actually be who God has called us to be, to be the Christians that God has called us to be. Uh, but I, I want to take today's message, and I, I don't want to talk about revival just yet. I want to talk about personal renewal. Personal renewal. Because in order for revival to happen, we need renewal, and I think we need it more now on an individual basis than maybe for you than ever before, like you need it. But I want to encourage you to not just do that, this, what I'm talking about, or going to be talking about this week. I want you to find some of these things that you can do on a daily process to renew yourself so that you can be the Christian that God has called you to be. I, I read this quote this week, and I couldn't get it out of my spirit, and it was just this. We don't forget that we're Christians. We forget that we are human and that one oversight alone can debilitate the potential of our future. We don't forget that we're Christians. I read that, and when I read it, I thought, <laughs> sure seems like a lot of people are forgetting that they're Christians. Uh, and so I kind of laughed. You don't have to laugh. But I laughed when, uh, 
Anyway, we don't forget that we're Christians, we forget that we're human. And the reality is, is what he's saying is for those of us who are trying to do this thing right, we don't forget that we're Christians. And as a Christian, I should be praying. And as a Christian, I shouldn't be worrying. And as a Christian, I should forgive. And as a Christian, I should walk in love. And all of these things, so we don't forget that we're Christians, but we forget that we're human. And when I forget that I'm human, it stops me from being the Christian that I know I should be. And this one oversight, like us ignoring the fact that we are human, can be the one thing that absolutely debilitates our future. Now, here's what I mean by human. Uh, In being human, it means that you're needy. Now, does anybody else in this room other than me uh, not like being needy? Like, I can't stand being needy. I can't, I can't stand anybody thinking, like, I, I took advantage of them or was just needy. When we, me and my wife first got married, uh, you know, she got sick one night. It was the first time she had ever gotten sick. And, you know, when I get sick, I like to go in the woods. Like, I'm like that animal, right? And like, I, I go in the woods and die all alone, like that kind of thing, versus, you know, somebody, like, hovering over you or, you know, getting you something. I'm, I'm that type of guy. But my wife, and I didn't know this, I thought everybody was that way because that's how you think until you get married. And then you realize, like, oh, not everybody thinks this way. So for my wife, you know, she, she's there, and, and she's like, can you come? She's calling for me, so I, I walk in, and I'm like, are you okay? Like, these types of things. And she's like, can you do my hair? And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Can, can you do my hair? She's like, when I used to get sick, my mom would just lay beside me and just do my hair. Can you do my hair? I'm like, I didn't know. I, didn't, I don't think I said any vows for this. Like, you know, if you're sick, shouldn't we court? Quarantine, like, you know, all these kinds of things. She's like, can you please? So, you know, so I started doing her hair. Because I, I don't like to be needy. Like, I'm in this way, and I'm not saying my wife is needy. She is needy. We're all needy. This is what I'm getting at. I'm digging a hole. I need to stop. <laughs> True, she said. But when we, when we come into this place and we understand that, like, God designed us with intrinsic needs. And if you don't meet these needs and take the time to have these needs met, you will begin to break down. When you don't take the time to honor the fact that God made you needy, and you don't take the time to have those needs met and to meet those needs, your body will begin to break down Your health will begin to break down. Your soul will begin to break down. Your relationships will begin to break down. Because God designed you as needy. There are three words mentioned all throughout Scripture that I I just want to encourage you, if you're taking notes, you can write these down. Refill, renew, refresh. God designed you to be refilled. Not just filled, but refilled because the cup gets empty. God designed you to be renewed. That you are to be renewed in God's presence. That your mind is to be renewed. God designed you to be refreshed. Oftentimes, even in Jesus' ministry, it said he would pull away for refreshing. Why? Because God designed you as needy. You need to be refilled, you need to be renewed, and you need to be 
refreshed. Now, I, I just want to cover real quickly some physical needs, and I want you to pay attention, and I know this is like going to be very like father figure of me, but like I guess that's kind of the role of a pastor too. But I want you to take the time this week to focus on these needs, and they're quick, they're simple, but I want you to give yourself the gift of meeting your needs. Here's your physical needs. Breath. Breath. I know this is funny, but how many of you know when God made Adam out of the dirt, he formed his body, what did he do next? What was the very next thing he did? He breathed in him the breath of life. The quality of, of your life is determined by the quality of your breath. Now, most people, they do not honor the fact that God designed you for breath. They completely over-ignore it or they don't pay attention to it. And most people, and I know this is very practical, but I think in church we ought to cover some of these practical things. Most people are shallow breathers. They do not breathe on purpose. And I want to encourage you this week, take deep breaths. Somebody says, what do you mean? Six seconds in, six seconds out. Six seconds in, six seconds out. When you're feeling stressed, six seconds in, six seconds out. I know it's simple, but here's how God designed you. Your body was designed by God to eliminate waste. And how many of you know we're eliminating waste all the time? When you sweat, you're eliminating waste. When you, you go to the restroom, you're eliminating waste. Because in your body, just like in your house, in your physical house, you accumulate waste all the time, right? Which means the trash collector comes by two times a week to get the waste that you get out of your house, off the street, and over into a place where the waste belongs. Now, your body is constantly trying to get waste and toxins out of your body, just like you need to get trash out of your house, because if you don't get trash out of your house, how many of you know some problems are about to start? And did you know the number one way trash gets out of your body is breath? But not when you are shallow breathing. You need to take the time to honor the fact that God designed you to breathe. Deep breaths in, deep breaths out. Some of you, I'm telling you, if you just started your morning this way, if you, when you just got that negative report, that negative email, if you would just pull back and realize the very first thing God gave you was the breath of life and take the time to breathe in life, it would make a big difference in the quality of your life. God designed you to breathe. God designed you for water. Did you know that 70% of the world is made up out of water? Literally, 71% of the world is made up out of water. You know the, the percentage your body is made up out of water? 71%. You think that's coincidence? I don't think so. God designed you for water. So many people are dehydrated. And I know this is simple. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I know it's simple. But I'm telling you, God designed you for water. You need to make sure that you give yourself the gift of water. God designed you for nutrition. He explicitly tells man, the stuff that I made, eat it. How many of you know that's a good recipe for overall health? If God made it, eat it. If man made it, don't eat it. Because God designed your body for nutrition, and the stuff that he made brings the vitamins, nutrients, and minerals that your body needs. Are you honoring that? Are you honoring the fact that God designed your body for nutrients? That God designed your body for minerals? That God designed your body? That, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? 
And God designed your body to take in carrots and to take in all of those things that would bring life to your body. You are needy and you need nutrition. Number four, rest. God designed man to rest. You can't go 24-7, 365. God designed your physical body for rest. I, I, I want to encourage you. When's the last time you had a good rest? Somebody says, well, what's a good rest? A good rest is where you put something in you, not take something out of you. Rest is not getting on social media. Rest, how many of you know, it'll take more out of you than put into you. Take the time to have a good rest. Renew your mind, rest. God designed man to rest. And, and lastly, God designed man to move. You need motion. You, start, you stop moving, you start dying. I read a book in quarantine. I read a lot during quarantine. And one of the books I read was a book called Blue Zones. And it went and highlighted people all around the world who live past 100. And it was put on by National Geographic, just done as research to try to find out what's the secret to long life. And they were looking for commonalities. And so they found many of these elements in, in their world that there wasn't a ton to drink because most of them lived in like rural places, like in the backwoods of Japan. They found that they drank a lot of water. They ate from the earth. God made it. They were eating it. They, they lived a lifestyle of rest. And then they also had continuous motion. They found that where the centurions lived, guess what they didn't have? Gyms. And you would think, well, it shouldn't movement. Like, if you're moving, shouldn't you need a gym? No, because they said in America, and I'm not preaching against gyms, go to your gym, support your local gym, all those types of things. Uh, but what they found is in America, we sit for like eight hours, and then we think we're healthy because we go to the gym for 30, 30 minutes to an hour. And they found these people who live long, they're moving all the time. They didn't have a chair, they sat on the floor. Do you know the difference in using the, the, the muscles in your body to get up from the floor versus getting up from a chair? They had to move all the time. And even in their old age, they had continuous motion. Somebody says, well, what's scripture for that? Think about the, the job that God gave man. He told him, I want you to move and I want you to tend and keep this garden. It required movement. It required getting up. And I want you to take care of yourself and to refresh yourself by giving yourself the gift of motion. Now, these are all physical needs that God gave us. I want to talk about your spiritual needs. And this is where I really want to kind of dive in this message and just kind of build this out. Here are your spiritual needs. Number one, God. How many of you know you need God? You need God. God is not like a luxury item where like, oh, if I, if I get it in today, then, you know, it's good. No, you need God. When God was making creation, he did something. When he created the fish, he spoke to the water. Go back when you read Genesis. When he created the fish, he spoke to the water, and he spoke to the water and said, you bring forth fish. When God created the birds, he spoke to the sky. Sky was over the water. He spoke to the sky and said, you bring forth birds. Birds came out of the sky. When God created cattle, he spoke to the ground. The cattle came out of the ground. When God created you, he spoke to himself. Here's what's interesting. Each one of these things that God spoke to, that thing became dependent upon the thing it came out of. When the fish came into the water, God designed the fish to be dependent upon the water. You take a fish outside of water, what's going to happen to that fish? It's going to die. Why? It was made 
for the water. You, you, you eliminate all sky where there's only water and there's only land. There's no sky. What's going to happen to all the birds? Going to die because they were designed to fly. You take away the, the ground from the cattle and all of a sudden there's only water and sky. What's going to happen to the cattle? They're going to die because they were made for the ground. That's what they came out of. You take away you from God. It's like a fish being out of water and a cattle being off the ground. And in your life, walking with God, having this time where you're in tune with him, having this time where you're plugged in with him, having this time where you're drawing near to him, you need Jesus said this in the book of John, John chapter 14. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither you go, and you cannot go that way. We, this is the wrong scripture. Let's go to John 10. John 10. In your Bibles, let's go to John 10. Here, Jesus is talking, and he says something very interesting in John 10. Well, you know what? Let's start with John 15, then we'll go to John 10. John 15, and we'll go to verse number 4. Jesus says this, he says, abide in me and I in you, for the branch cannot bear the fruit of itself except to abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branch. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for you can underline this or highlight it. For without me, you can do nothing. Here, do you, you see what Jesus is saying here? He says, like, when you, you look at nature, you see these branches attached to, the, attached to the trees, and off that branch they produce fruit. And he said, that branch is symbolic of you. The tree is symbolic of me. And I want you to bring forth fruit like I want you to have a good life, a healthy life, a productive life. I want you to produce in life. But apart from me, you can do nothing. You have to take the time to get plugged into me. Now, when Jesus was on the earth, he modeled for us successful living. And you see that when Jesus was praying, he had two elements about his prayer life that I think are very profound and something that I would encourage every one of us to do. He had a time when he prayed, and he had places where he liked to pray. He had a time when he prayed, and he had a place where he enjoyed to pray. Uh, Jesus, he was a morning person. How many morning persons and morning people do we have in the house today? Okay, lots of morning people. I guess that's why you're at the 10 o'clock. How many of you would have preferred to come at 8.30? Yeah, okay, yes, see, morning people, morning people. Uh, so Jesus had a time when he liked to pray. Jesus liked to pray in the morning. The, the Bible talks about that in the morning they would go looking for Jesus and they would find him in prayer and it said he often pulled away for this. He had a time when he liked to pray. And then he had a place where he liked to pray. Uh, Jesus loved to get in a garden. Jesus loved to walk. Oftentimes, like, Jesus would get his disciples in the boat, and they would go to the boat to go to the other side, and he would walk up in a mountain to pray and get alone with God. Jesus loved to walk and pray. Jesus loved to pray in mountains. He loved to pray in nature. He loved to pray uh, in, in gardens. But how many of you know, like, if I was meeting you, we would set a time, and we would set a place. If you were having an appointment with me, it's like, okay, we'll meet at your house, and let's meet at 1030, whatever it may be. So when you're meeting with God, I want to encourage you have a time and have a place that is set aside 
for him. Recently, uh, we had this chair in my son's room, and it was the, the chair that my father used to have that he sat in for years and would just pray. When I came home from school, I'd walk by his office because the restroom was on his way. Or, you know, you'd have to walk by his office to go to the restroom. And I'd look over in that room, and there would be this chair. And he would take the time there to just be, be with the Lord. And I'd come home from school and just hear him worshiping. And just hearing him taking the time to dive over into the spirit. And when he passed away, that became my place. Like that's where I met with God was in that chair. And for years it was in my son's room. But I just recently reclaimed it. I reclaimed my chair. And I tell you what, just having that place where I can just be with God. It's some, it does something for my faith. And I want to encourage you, find your time Find your place and understand God is not a luxury. He is a spiritual necessity. Number two, you need others. When, when God made man, he didn't just make him for himself, but he came and he saw that for man to be alone was not good. We need other people. We need community. And this week, I want to encourage you to get with God. I want you to find a time. I want you to find a place. And I want you to take time to understand you need God. But I also want you to take the time to understand you need one another. In John 10, uh, you're right there next to it. Let's go over there and look at it. In John chapter 10 and verse number 2, Jesus says something that I find really profound. He says in in verse number 2, But he that entereth in the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth his sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Now, notice this in in verse number 3. He says, And he calls his own sheep by name, and God leads them out. He goes before them. The sheep follow him for they know his voice. I love this this imagery of God. Like that God Almighty knows you by name. And when he calls you, he calls you by name. And what he wants to do is for you to hear his voice and to begin to follow him and walk with him. So this is God's plan for you. God designed you for intimate fellowship with Jesus. God designed you for intimate fellowship with him. You can know him. Like, you can know the voice of God. God's voice can be so incredibly real to you. But did you see the first part of this verse in verse number 3? It says, the shepherd comes where the sheep are, but before he gets into the sheep, there's a gatekeeper. There's a porter. There is someone there who opens the door. And when that person opens the door, that's when the shepherd can come in, call a sheep by name, and lead them forth. You need a shepherd, that's the Lord, but you also need a gatekeeper. A pastor is a gatekeeper. Reading a book designed by someone who walked with the Lord, when you read that book, all of a sudden the Lord starts calling you by name. and He says, follow me down this path of love. Follow me down this path with your finances. A good Christian friend, you need to be around your Christian friends right now. Thank God you can do it legally now. Like, but you need some good Christian fellowship. Like, I'm serious when I say this. Because when you get around a good Christian, 
and you start talking to a good Christian, and you start having a conversation with a good Christian, all of a sudden they begin to act as the gatekeeper for the Lord in your life. And when they start talking to you, God starts dealing with your heart. God starts calling you by name. God starts leading you over into the place that he has for you. God designed us for connection. He said, it is not good that you are alone. You need a good pastor, and you need to open yourself up to his or her ministry every single week of your life. You need good teachers and instructors. You need to make time for good Christian friends, because as you hear from them, it opens up the door for God to speak to you. We were designed for God. We need God. We also need one another. I saw this quote. I thought it was great this week. Solitude is chosen separation for refining your soul. Solitude is where you take the time to refine your soul and get away with just you and God. We all need that. But isolation is what you crave when you have neglected the first. And for so many of us, isolation is where we're shutting people out of our lives. We're not opening ourselves up to church anymore. We're not opening up ourselves to to godly counsel anymore. We don't want to see anybody anymore. We're just kind of building walls around our life. Isolation is what you crave when you have neglected your soul. And I want to encourage you in your life, you don't need isolation. What you need is a connection with God and a connection with one another. And lastly, the third thing that God said is a spiritual need for mankind. And these things are before the fall. Before the fall, man needed a breath of life. Before the fall, man needed motion. Before the fall, man needed nutrition. Before the fall, man needed all those physical things. Before the fall, man needed God. Before the fall, man needed someone else. And before the fall, God needed man to guard his garden. How good have you been? over the past couple of months at guarding your garden. Now, your garden is not a physical Eden. Like, I long for heaven. My soul has longed for heaven this week. It's longed for the new Jerusalem. It's it's longed for it. Because in that place, God's going to wipe away every tear from our eye, and he's going to restore everything that was missing. Like, I I, I physically long for heaven. But did you know until Jesus comes... You can have an Eden within your own soul. That this this physical garden of Eden that we see in the Old Testament can become an inward garden that is well watered, that is is well nutriated, is is well provided for, is a place of peace. And, And God tells man when you have this garden, he's like, look, enjoy it. And we should enjoy peace and joy and all that. But he's like, also, you better guard it. You better keep it. Because if you don't, Satan will take it from you. There will be something that takes away what I have given you. You need to guard and keep this garden. And and I have like this, this own temptation that comes up in my own life. Where Satan comes in subtly. How many of you know with Satan, he didn't come in as like something that appeared to be overly dangerous. He, he came in as something that could be talked to. And he brought in with him like all kinds of things that took man off track. And I think in our own life, like for spiritual renewal this week, find a time and a place to connect with God, find a person, talk about the things of God. 
But this week, you know what I encourage you to do this week? I'd encourage you to get off news and social media for a week. Do we need it? Yes, we need it. Do we need to be informed? You better believe we need to be informed. Do we need to know about current events? Yes, we need to know about current events. Do, do we absolutely need to see and be enlightened on all these things? Yes, but you were not designed by God for a 24-7, 365, hour a day, and, and year, day a year, <laughs> news feed coming into your brain. You have got to guard your garden. I, if I continually sow to the flesh, then of the flesh I always reap corruption. But if I begin to sow to the Spirit and deal with life from a spiritual basis, then out of the Spirit I begin to reap life everlasting. And what I want to encourage you to do this week, I want you to honor God with your physical body. I want you to come and I want you to renew spiritually. I want you to come and I want you to renew physically. But I want you to give yourself to God. I want you to give yourself to, to Christian influences. And I want you to just set up a firm garden and say, you know what, maybe I've been on this too much. Maybe I have just a couple of days where I just eliminate it. And the time I was giving that, let me give to Scripture. Let me give to meditation. Let, let me get to the presence of God. Let me get to some of my friends. And let's just talk about Jesus. Let, let, let's read Scripture and talk about his response to these things. Let, let, let's come together. And let's take a moment to just renew, refill, replenish. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Joel, I, I, I want to just take a moment of my time today and just Give my life over into a place of surrender to Jesus. My son yesterday got a splinter in his foot. And when I, when I say it got in his foot, I mean in his foot. Could not get it out of his foot. And it was a massive splinter. And they have a trip planned this week. And we were nervous about infection, so he took it to the little dock in a box and got up there, and we start talking to the, the people who are there. And they find out we, we passed her, and I wasn't there. My wife just took him. And long story short, this lady begins to just get very emotional talking to my wife when she finds out what church we go to because she said her daughter was dating an individual who was not a Christ follower. She began to come to the church with her daughter out of the change that was happening in their life, the guy that she was dating began to come to the church. He found Jesus in this place, surrendered his life to Jesus. And a couple of months after that, he passed away tragically. But he went to heaven because he found Jesus. And I know none of us in this room are perfect. We're human. And we can't forget that fact. Which means we need God, we need each other, we need to guard our garden, but we also need mercy. And today, if you just want to throw yourself on the mercy of Jesus, and you want to come into a deep relationship with your Heavenly Father, 
Maybe some of you, you've been born again, but you want to come back and just dedicate your life to the Lord Jesus. If you're here today, online or in the room, if you're here today with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you do something with me? No one's looking around. I'm not going to ask you to do anything but this, but would you surrender yourself to Jesus? Somebody says, how do I do that? You just lift up your hand. All over the room, if that's you, just lift up your hand. Hands going up all over the room. Oh, he loves you so very much. He does not hold your past against you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, all over this room, I want you to pray this prayer with me. You can just repeat it after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that Jesus died for me and I believe on the third day he rose again from the grave Jesus I call on your name and I thank you that all of my mistakes all of my sins all of my transgressions were paid for by the blood of Jesus and just as he has forgiven me I forgive myself, and I say boldly, my best days are starting right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.